I wanted to play that track, someone who is cool, because that's what I think. <laughs> the guest that I have in the studio is Sana. And I've known Sana for a few months now, and I've learned an awful lot from her. She's definitely been part of my healing process, that's for sure. And uh, anyway, I also have Anna patched in, I hope, on the board. Do you hear me, Anna? Yeah, I can. You can? Yeah. Bit of an echo. Do you have the radio on in the background? I'll turn it off. Okay. Um, anyway, so we had a few technical issues, but we've resolved them. So anyway, uh, yeah, um, we came across Sana as a recommendation from a practitioner that we saw, and actually a practitioner that I'd love to have on the show as well. Her name is Nancy Goldhar, and, uh, huh? Selwood. 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 Oh, Goldhar? Where did I get? <laughs> she does have a gold heart. Oh, no. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm Dane bred today. Nancy Goldhar Nancy Sel- used to be the uh, teacher. Exactly, exactly. I, I think I'm getting senile. Yeah. <laughs> Selwood. Selwood, of course. Brain dead. She uh, works out of the Vitality B- Building in Nelson. So anyway, so how are you doing, Anna? Are you holding up okay? I am. I'm uh, getting better every day. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, you are a Tai Chi master. Now, I think of these movies where you see these people moving, uh, you know, around with grace and and finesse, and then when they talk, the audio isn't in sync with their lips. Does that ever happen with you? <laughs> yeah, that sometimes happens. Yeah. Um, the term master is uh, is one that I'm not typically comfortable with, but it, which means that you're a true master. Uh, so they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, if anything, it speaks to that commitment to practice and to learning, and that I can feel comfortable with. Right. I, I haven't trained in the typical manner, so I haven't really gone through the stages that usually precede the title of master, but it is something that my peers and my teachers have. Um, right kind of forced me to accept. So I'm doing my best to live mm-hmm. up to that. So can you explain that statement? I mean, you didn't follow the the uh, typical path. Uh, well, there are a lot of different uh, schools of, of Tai Chi, and they all have their particular lineage. And right. most of my study has been just basically solo practice. I have been fortunate enough to be able to study with some wonderful teachers and have, with just about all of them, picked up a little nugget of gold that I would then go home and, and train on my own. And, and okay. so, so I feel to a great degree, and it's been commented that, um, for me, I really consider myself a student of the art, and it is mm-hmm. by studying the art that I've learned what I have learned and mm-hmm. have uh, you know, benefit benefited immensely from what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. So did you start when you were like three years old or? No, um, I guess I must have been around 25 or so. So uh, two years ago then. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I was younger. When I was younger, I played a lot of sports and I did a lot of researching of different philosophies and religions and mm-hmm. exploration of self-healing. And I, I was interested in all these different components, but I was looking for something that would really unify everything together. They felt like different branches of my life. And, right. And then by sheer accident, I came across Taiji, and it, it, it has ended up uh, blessing me and challenging me for many, many years now. I guess about 35, maybe going on 40 years. Wow. So what was the, like, what was the magic of it? Uh, again, was it philosophically that it, it, you know, appealed to you or the, uh, the, the physical side of it? All of it. And, and the integration of all those different right? aspects, the mm-hmm. body, mind, heart, and spirit, Mm-hmm. It was the same practice for all of it. Um, it was the same practice, not that I approached it as a martial art, but I came to understand its deep benefit as a martial art. But mm-hmm. just everything was united under the same brilliantly profound guiding principles. And, mm-hmm. and that 
I, I thought was absolutely brilliant, no matter how, with a lot of ph philosophies and studies, depending upon how deep I went into it, I often felt eventually boxed in for any number of reasons. Right. With Taiji, it's never been that. It has mm -hmm. constantly challenged me to expand and mm -hmm. explore with an even greater perspective. So, Well, there's no system of belts either, right? There is no black belt in Taiji. Uh, some schools will kind of play with that because right. it is a it is a motivating factor. But um, right. no, it's it's more that that through your practice and dedication, you are acknowledged for your effort and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I'm I'm remembering this line from the Karate Kid, where Ralph Macchio, or you know the character played by him asks the master um, if he has a belt. And he says, yes, I use it to hold up my pants. <laughs> yes. Right. That's about the value of it sometimes, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's a different process. And one mm -hmm. of the things I liked about Tai Chi was it, it didn't have, you know, quite as many... Strict rules. Strict rules or it wasn't... Although, again, having said that, there are many schools do... Mm -hmm. that do follow a particular protocol, but mm -hmm. mine's a pretty freelance approach. Mm -hmm. Well, you've definitely adapted it too. I mean, I've done Tai Chi years ago, um, and I agree, it's very free form, it's very flowing, and not so much structure, unless the instructor was attached to doing it a certain way. But you seem to have found the real root of it, the fundamental. And can you explain how that came about just from observation, from intuition? How did that happen? Um, all of the above. It, it, yeah. it I, again, my curiosity and, and my willingness and my appreciation of being able to just really study something, um, mm -hmm. just constantly un unfolded. And, and for me, I, I figured out pretty early on that, that it's the principles that really matter. The forms are important, they're tools, but it was really the principles of the art that I thought were incredibly profound and valuable. So mm -hmm. that became my focus and I would, read the classics and try and understand what they were saying with these sometimes a little esoteric language, but really right. listening with my body and my heart, my mind, my spirit to, to see if I could nuance mm -hmm. what was really being said in that. And uh, again, all three, all of the levels have really served me. So when I realized that it, it, it left the form which was never hugely important to me. It, mm -hmm. it left that by the wayside to a certain degree, and that will that will label me as a bit of a heretic around that. But right. what I really, again, focused on was the principles. And then I realized that these principles were inherent in all beings and all activities. So right. it, it became more of a journey for me to figure out ways to share these principles mm -hmm. in whatever people were interested in, not mm -hmm. just with those who were were curious about Taiji or Qigong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that definitely crossed my mind when I took the first couple classes with you. It's like, okay, it's un-Tai Chi. <laughs> it's, okay, you remind us of certain movements that come from the form, but you're not attached to that at all. It's basically, okay, how does it feel? This is how it should feel. Right, so no matter whether you're doing Chen style or Wu style or Yang or whatever, it has to feel a certain way if it's right. And saying right or wrong is not the correct term. I realize, right. but how does it feel? Feel, yeah. It has to feel good and grounded, right? And so, how how does the the art of Tai Chi cross over into your daily life? Into your your philosophy in general. Can I ask you that? Um, sure. And the simple answer is every way, every way mm -hmm. that I attend to. And, you know, speaking to what you were saying before that question, it, it, it really, what's amazed me is, is the diversity in which I can step into and still be able to offer these principles and have um, really quite 
magic moments, mm-hmm. magical moments with people and, and, and seeing the profundity of it all, realizing that if I can really impart to people an essence of, of what the principle is and I can and help them see how they can use it in their body, that is what truly inspires and intrigues me. And I've, mm-hmm. I've explored that in so many different so many different arenas and right. have consistently found that it it doesn't really matter what I walk into provided I can surrender to the situation and just call on the the principles that it, it will be a fascinating mm-hmm. unfolding e- even with this interview you mm-hmm. know that this isn't particularly my comfort zone and mm-hmm. I pondered what the questions would be and what I wanted to talk about and then I realized the art is for me to surrender, to be present, and we'll see what unfolds. And that's kind of how we do our show. Very seldomly do we have a list of questions. I mean, sometimes there's a couple things that we think should be addressed when it comes to interviewing someone and for the sake of the audience or whatever. But typically, it's just totally free form, and we simply trust that what is discussed is what is meant to be discussed. And the reason why I wanted to get you on the show for the last number of weeks is because I really think that, well, for one thing, I knew that you wouldn't have any issues as far as nervousness because you get into the zone and you give everything you have to the people that are in the space with you. And I knew that that would just happen. Okay. So no matter what the concerns were, I knew it would it would happen and it would be totally totally free and I feel like that's happening right now. Um the thing is is that you only have so much space in your studio. You can't have the entire community of well <laughs> the entire Kootenays in your place. Um but there are certain things that I think could and should be shared with the listening audience. And so what comes to my mind is, okay, how many times have you beat me over the head? Uh, okay, I, I say that in, a, in tongue-in-cheek. Gently nurture G- you. Gently nurture me, reminding me of just the way I'm holding my body. Um, if I'm holding in a, in a particular stance, I think that I'm in a position of comfort and I'm in a position of balance and power. But you look at me and you're going like, wow, uh, you're too much in your head or whatever it is. And it's amazing when, when I make those adjustments and sometimes it'll, it'll only last for the class. But if I remind myself to hold myself in a slightly different way, not only does it feel better physiologically, but it feels better emotionally too. So can you explain how that came about? Because I never came across that kind of instruction in martial arts that I've done over the years. Sure. However, first I'd like to go back so it doesn't seem like I was skirting that last question okay. about the integration into my own life. Okay. Um, I, I have found it just an absolutely phenomenal tool for self-cultivation, self-exploration, understanding myself and right. and determining or, or, or being able to influence the journey of my life. So, so it's everywhere. It's, it's in my physicality. It's, it's Mm -hmm. in, in my emotions. How do I use the principles to, to deal with my emotions, to be with my emotions, my thoughts, my beliefs, the same container that, that assists me with the physicality also assists me with the other layers. And, right. and and that's, again, why I've been so excited about it and, and wanted to share it with other people, because everything that I see in other people is probably what I've seen and explored in myself. Mm-hmm. And where where it's really been a challenge, and, and because I am a solo practitioner and, and self-taught to a certain degree, it was important for me to be able to make sure that this information had a foundation of truth and that, mm-hmm. that it was that it served other people as well. So 
you know, that's my big joy is if, mm-hmm. if I can assist you in allowing greater resolution in, in your body and, and a greater sense of health and peace and well-being, mm-hmm. then, then I feel that, you know, I am on track. So, so through exploration of my own body and, and struggles I've had in my body, I've come to understand it. I, I also, again, was uh, fairly active in sports. So I, I had a pretty good relationship with my body. So right. what has happened, you know, for, for years I considered being some sort of therapist and and actually was headed to Cal- uh, California to become a transpersonal psychologist way back in the day. Cool. And, and didn't right. <laughs> for good reasons. And I came home. And so what I found is that through this training, there has been this kind of organic therapy that's happened. That, mm-hmm. And it is based on the body. It is based on how I see people and how I feel people in their body. Mm-hmm. And as we start to explore it, other levels of information come through. So, so basically, my experience is almost everybody is off-center. Very few people really rest into alignment. Right. So, so that's the first thing I look at, and I'm not. I'm not talking about alignment as a, an external posturing. I'm talking about as I'm sitting up straight. As he's sitting up I was straight leaning in his at the chair. board, and it's like, uh oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to get slapped here. So, <laughs> well, and there's no intention to slap. It is yeah. really this journey of allowing people, supporting awareness into greater resolution. So, right. I'm very specific about my language and my intention, and this isn't about correction, and it's not about another thing to self-judge yourself about. Mm -hmm. It's something to really become aware of and to utilize it in your journey in whatever way it serves you. Mm -hmm. So, as I've said, almost everybody is leaning either forward or backward, and through years of study, I I rested into this this. theory that when we are not resting into alignment, Mm -hmm. not holding ourselves, but allowing the body to have the structural integrity that really serves ease and balance, that we are actually putting ourselves into a state, uh, the sympathetic nervous system, this fight or flight, Mm -hmm. and that it's imperative that we understand this in the body because if your intention is to have greater peace, greater well-being, yet you are leaning back or leaning forward, mm-hmm. your system is already under a, a certain amount of attack. Mm-hmm. The human body is incredibly wired to not fall down. It is brilliantly adaptive to making sure that we don't do face plants. Right. And so it's constantly working to keep us in a sense of balance and we are almost always missing those cues and why is that is it a childhood thing is it self-love or the lack thereof like like let's get right to the, the big questions well i mean <laughs> all that's of the, the above. thing i mean right all of the above and and that's <clears throat> what i appreciate about this journey is that as we attend to the physicality, mm-hmm. we invariably start to uncover more and more. So I start with the body, but I know that that, that is just the place from which we begin much bigger journeys. Right. And I think there are a number of reasons or explanations at play. And a lot of it is stress. A lot of it is um, challenges physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is is the belief systems that we integrated in a very, very early age. And a lot of all of that is unconscious. Mm-hmm. And I think that is is the real problem or the real challenge is bringing what is what are our unconscious beliefs to the conscious. Mm-hmm. As long as they remain unconscious, we have very little influence over them. But once we can start to identify them mm-hmm. and the body helps us to do this, then we can begin to kind of sort through and let go of what no longer serves us. Okay. So I've shared a lot of personal data on the show. And right now we're talking kind of uh, theoretically. And if you want to share 
what your perceptions were with me. Like, for example, why did I hold myself backwards? I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I, that was a natural place for me to be. And then you pointed it out a few weeks ago. And I'm reminded how I'm always throwing my shoulders back and my head is slightly cocked upwards. And so just as an example, what is that? And, and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm giving you permission to share information, uh, not to air my dirty laundry or anything like that, but uh, uh, you know, a real world example so that people can understand kind of what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, again, thank you, because mm-hmm. most of what I do is the physical, so just right. having it be around words is a bit of a challenge, but I'll, I'll try and go in a little bit deeper to it. So when I look at you and I see that leaning back, mm-hmm. uh, so here's the fascinating part. It, it, what led me to understand how, how deep these patterns are is that, generally speaking, when I introduce people, people to a resolution of whatever their lean is, right. they feel it and they go, wow, this really serves me. This makes sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. And I continue to say that for many more years because it, there's way more than just the physicality and bound into it. Right. So, so the journey is to see what is holding that. And, and, you know, sometimes it can be just a recent injury, but most in my experience, most long-term patterns really have an initiation in belief patterns. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there are a number of ways for us to, and, and I want to clarify that, that these patterns are to be respected and appreciated because for a lot of us, they helped us to survive. Mm-hmm. They really helped us to deal what, with what we didn't understand in the world or what was hard in the world. Mm-hmm. So the simple act of leaning back often speaks to a struggle, you know, that, that life was overwhelming or a bit more than you could handle. So we think if we lean back, it gives us a little bit more room to react or, or to pr- protect what we miss in that journey is that when we lean back, we've left ourselves behind. We we and are we're not out of balance. we're out of balance. Mm-hmm. We are not in ourselves. So that means there are added challenges. Who's there to even deal with the situation? Right. So so the whole journey is to allow ourselves to let go of the patterns that no longer serve us. After great appreciation, that's it's really important. Again, these are survival techniques. Mm-hmm. The question is whether it continues to serve you. Mm-hmm. And, and when that all becomes conscious, then you can make a ch- conscious choice. You, and, and those patterns are, are things you want to hang on to. You want to be able to use them mm-hmm. in the appropriate situation. What I appreciate is you don't provide any value judgments. It's not right or wrong. You simply, well, again, you have someone who is standing in a certain way go even further in that direction? And can you explain why? Maybe I didn't ask that question sufficiently, but... I get what you're pointing to. Mm -hmm. Because often what we do when we're in struggles, we go to see somebody to help us, and, and we're talking about corrections. Right. And because these patterns... So again, I want to clarify that I, I talk a lot about the difference between what is familiar and what is comfortable. Right. And what I'm looking at when I look at people is what I refer to as their defaults, mm-hmm. beginning with the physicality. Right. Defaults, by definition, are acts of unconsciousness, that they are just patternistic. And so all of these patterns tend to be unconscious. So if you have an unconscious situation, you're unaware of it. Obviously, right. you weren't standing in, in front of me saying, I, I'm going to choose to lean back because this is going to serve the moment. It was just your default. Mm-hmm. So when you understand it's a, it's a default and it's unconscious, then we start to make it conscious. We start to bring it to consciousness. And then 
because it's an un- unconscious patterning, your body is shut down some of its relay of information as to what's happening to you right. in, in space. It just becomes the norm, so the body deals with it. Mm-hmm. So what I get people to do is to increase that pattern, which on all levels takes a fair amount of courage, mm-hmm. and to feel where and how it initiates from. Right. When we do that consciously, we j- then have the conscious option to choose to let go of that, not correct it, mm-hmm. just find it incredibly interesting, and then incredibly just, uncomfortable is more than uh, right. Well, word. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I, I heighten your awareness to right. that particular pattern, mm-hmm. and usually it's it's immediate that the person goes, "Oh, well, that I can see how that doesn't serve me." Right. So. Okay. So. All right. When you assess where someone is at, I mean, I've I've I heard you. I would be you, careful okay, about even that. Well, okay. What word would you use to describe that? Not assess, but um, into it. The goal for me is to is to as best I can be present okay. and, and to and to witness and to to be able to work with somebody to. To uncover what will serve them, mm-hmm. and you know, my students often are challenged by the degree of attention I, I attempt to bring to language. Right. How after, however, after numerous years, they start to see how important that is. Okay. So, if there's an assessment, it's maybe, right. and, and I'm not sure, but it may be a politer term of judgment or critique okay. or something. So, just to give you an idea. Okay. Um, so I don't know what the right word should be. When but, I be when I become oh, aware, or, or I start to intuit. Right. So, so you were on track. I start to intuit some of what's going on in their body. So I've I've seen you and heard you share information with people where they're kind of blown away. I know I was blown away by what you had to offer and I was only in your presence for like 10 15 minutes. And so is it kind of a a psychic experience <laughs> or okay if someone is holding their body in a certain way that is the warning or the the telltale for such and such. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I've been to iridologists and like years ago where they'll they'll tell me what what symptoms I have and it's because they're seeing the pattern in my eyeball. Okay? They're not they're not using psychic powers, they're just using the the ability to observe the data. Right. So is that what happens with you? To a, a great degree, you know, I've often wondered where this, it, it's really a spontaneous mm-hmm. revealing for both of us. Mm-hmm. I, I have had enough experience and enough repetition to see some patterns. So, you know, I, I certainly utilize that. But again, the major intention is for me to to just be present and, and see what what comes up. And right. I feel to a great degree, not to sound too corny or anything, but people kind of guide me into being whatever kind of guide I can be for them. So, so you're truly hold, holding space for them. Uh, yes. And, right. and, you know, I've often wondered, you know, what, what enables me to do this and, you know, what label I should use for the work I do. And, you know, intuitive certainly is something I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know, if I jump to and Empathic, I'd be on the latest right. cool wave. And if I was in Los Angeles, I could charge you a lot of money for doing that. Right. But basically, for me, it comes down to intending to be present and just using whatever my experience was, whatever insights I've had to share that with others and see if it resonates with them. And, and because we're working with the body, mm-hmm. we can get pretty clean, quick feedback mm-hmm. back. Um, words can tend to get convoluted and right but the body i find is is very quick to kind of give me feedback as to what's going on so Mm -hmm. so if you can come up for a label for me that'd be great because people often ask what i do and it's it's a tough one to to kind of hmm i'm thinking uh so you were going to be what in california again 
empathic. No, the, I, oh, oh, the transpersonal psychologist. A transpersonal. All right, I'll come up with something soon. I'm really good <laughs> at inventing words. Yeah, so anyway. what has happened, because it is kind of hard to name what it is I do, that right. mostly it's been word of mouth. People have experienced what I offer, and, mm-hmm. and I've been incredibly fortunate that people come across me and value what I offer and make far more effort than I do to kind of connect right. people with me. Um, you teach teachers, correct? Um. Well, you know, even, again, another label, I've never really thought so much of myself as a teacher, as somebody who just has always shared. Right. I'm, I'm sharing what I'm learning, what I'm exploring, and I've had, you know, I've had teachers, lots of, well, lots of teachers who've come through and, and kind of looked at what I offer and um, have then started to integrate it into their own practices. So, Sana Sharer. Okay, there you go. What do you think? There you go. <laughs> so you, you just came off of a really intense training last weekend. I participated for a couple of days. So how is that for you when you have an intense, what, six, seven hours, four days in a row, whatever? How does that affect you? Obviously, the people that are attending are are getting valuable information and they're being reminded of of uh there's some everything yeah yeah exactly um but you know what i mean like so often the teacher benefits more than the students and so do you find that that still happens or because you've been doing this for so long that that isn't the case Uh, it's very much the case it's always it's always a journey unfolding uh, Mm -hmm. in myself in my exchange with others, Mm -hmm. the questions that are asked, the um, level at which people are understanding what I'm offering, it always facilitates a deepening. There, one of the things I say is there's no end to this. You're, you're never done. You, you, uh, even posture in terms of posture, you never arrive at a perfect posture. You just develop an ability to sense when you're off center Mm -hmm. and, attend to how you can facilitate allowing yourself to return to it. So, so like everything, it, it's quite a powerful vortex, so I can get a little caught in it, and sometimes it can be quite exhausting. But the, the payback is some of the greatest joy I know. When I, mm-hmm. when I see somebody or feel somebody start to understand something that, that – that they maybe haven't been aware of before and something that will facilitate them experience greater, greater ease in their life or just mm-hmm. a sense of joy that they haven't, you know, you, you, you can't buy that. It's, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it is draining this last workshop. I, I certainly felt it after a couple of days, but I'm lucky in that because I am not really well known. My time isn't here. <laughs> well, You're not well known here. Yes, that's that's a good trick. That mm-hmm. I still have a lot of time to myself, and, right. and that's where I feel that I'm incredibly wealthy. Is that I have that time to right. nurture and and recoup. But other times, by the time I'm finished, I'm flying with it. You know, right. so it's all things. So, would you say that you're also a physical intuitive? Do you feel what's going on in someone's body or do you simply observe it from a detached standpoint, just with your eyes, for example? It's everything, but I would, I would guess that it's more the physicality of it. And and I I would say that's probably where there's the greatest challenge because it is um, very close to taking on somebody's symptoms. You know, I can feel their pain, their struggle. If, if there's some, health issues kind of acting up, I, I can sometimes get a sense of that. And that's both informative and challenging to make sure that it, it doesn't occupy too big a right. space. And that's So what happens when you become overwhelmed? How do you how do you break that cord, if you will, so that you can get yourself back? 
all the principles. I know you know what I'm asking. Yeah, it's all the principles of the art. First, right. first of all, I notice that I am not in that space right. where I, I have experienced. And then, then it's a journey of seeing what, what is inhibiting. So, for example, people often come with this idea of wanting to learn how to relax. And, and after many years of that approach, I realized that it, it wasn't so much a matter of learning to relax as it was about becoming aware of one's tension. Right. To becoming conscious about that. When we are conscious of our tension, we can make a, cho- a choice to allow resolution. It, that right. allows us to return to a more peaceful state. Mm-hmm. So when, when I notice that I'm not there... I look at what will allow me to return. It's not a correction again. It's not forcing. It's just noticing with awareness what is, what is not in harmony. Right. And that, that's kind of the groundwork for everything. Mm-hmm. So, so again, that's a very verbal discussion of something that is physical. Right. So one of the main tools I use is this idea of having people make a fist. Mm-hmm. When people consciously make a fist. Everybody do that. Out everybody there, okay? do that. Make a fist. You f- but don't think about me. <laughs> All right. You feel that tension. You want to identify what that tension feels like. You want to you want to understand how it's been manifested through your intention. Right. You want to feel it. And then when you're ready, you just want to inhale and exhale and allow yourself to let go of that tension. Right. I'm not asking you to relax or open your hand. I'm just inviting you to let go of that tension. Mm-hmm. And hopefully what people felt is that when you let go of tension, this lovely state arises. Mm-hmm. Relaxation arises. Mm-hmm. So I consider relaxation to be an innate aspect of the body. When, when we learn how to let go of the tension that we are holding, right. the state of greater peace and relaxation will express itself. And, and that's a very different perspective than grasping mm-hmm. for relaxation or grasping for peace. Mm-hmm. So, so I hope that helps to give people uh, um, physicality of this. In the same way that if they lean forward or lean back, they can start to identify what happens in their being, their body, their mind, their heart, their spirit. Right. And they can be more conscious about the choices they want in their life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, to, there is a power to tension and, and, and there is an ability. It, it's very hard to sustain. Mm-hmm. Or are you truly wanting a more peaceful, relaxed way of being? And And that's what the... I call it the a journey of the resolutionary journey that mm-hmm. the intention is to allow ourselves greater peace, not to think we need to create it. Mm-hmm. I find it an interesting exercise. I, I like watching people and you can see people who they can be young. They can be in their twenties, for example, and you can see the way they're holding their body and think about, okay, if they continue this in 20 or 30 years, you can automatically know how they're going to hold themselves when they're further on in, in their years. And so, and that's where it catches up, right? When you're young and stupid, and we've all been there, we live our lives, we do our stuff, whatever, and we think we're invincible. And, but it is the attitudes that we hold on to. From childhood, mm-hmm. I know that as as I continue on this journey, I realize so much of my stuff is related to childhood experiences. And as long as I have those old records spinning in my head, it's going to manifest physically, right? And so being able to interrupt that or simply recognize that this is the way it is. Um, I mean, wow, if, if someone was to practice this in their younger years and work the kinks out. I mean, you could live forever, basically. A couple hundred years, could you not? (laughs) If you wanted to. 
Um, right. it, yes, I, I, I think it would be lovely to have younger people explore some of this mm-hmm. because you're absolutely right. Our, our patterns are deeply ingrained in us from a, an early age. If we, if we go back to you and that, that leaning back, mm-hmm. the struggles in your life caused you to react to the world and, and you reacted in a way to survive. But it's now that you're starting to, to notice what that survival has cost you. And, and uh, again, better yeah. late than never. However, the sooner we can kind of come across this information and and make more conscious choices uh, about what we want right. in, our, in our lives, uh, I always invite my students to to consider this idea of clarity of intention without attachment. You know, what is it that you want in your life? Mm-hmm. I, I chose my name, I guess, about thirty years ago, and it it means health, peace, and well being, and. And that's what I wanted. That's what I knew I wanted in my life. Right. And the other part of that that's very challenging, not even not just the idea of, of having that clarity of intention, but also not having an attachment to how it unfolds. That's the, the big challenge. Well, and that's the principles of Tai Chi. It, very much so. Right? Very much so. That you respond to right. the world. You don't react. All of this training is to allow you to rest into a state of being, mm-hmm. not that excludes the world. Very much you are very present for it mm-hmm. and able to respond. Mm-hmm. I think on an evolutionary scale, that is where we are very deeply hampered. Mm-hmm. We are still very much reactionary creatures. Mm-hmm. We have this incredible ability to to understand and consider and and have bigger vision, visions but right. to a great degree we are still very reactionary and and if we go back to my original theory when we are physically off balance we are already in a state of reaction so anything right. that that influences us is going to have that greater effect that mm-hmm. we feel we have to react. You had to react to it, to whatever was going on in your life in order to get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by you really want to praise that and appreciate it because it got you through some tough times. And now you get to make a conscious choice of does that serve you? And if it does, then you honor it when it does. It's a big difference when you consciously Right. Choose something. Yeah, I mean, my experience as a child was um, I was exposed to a lot of violence. And so, like in elementary school and in high school, etc. And the way I survived was by bucking up and holding myself straight and basically staring someone down and saying, okay, if you really want to do this, understand that you're going down with me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was always, you know, the hackles up, the fists clenched. And uh, and then I enter the adult world and I can see where that stance mm-hmm. um, did not serve me. And then what I did is I counteracted it with with humor, where I was feeling the flight or fight, but I didn't want... I did not want to hurt anyone. And that brings me to another question. Have you, in your experience with your training, have you ever come close to hurting someone? Because I did. And one of the reasons why I stepped away from Tai Chi, it wasn't an aggressive situation on my part. Someone was being aggressive with me. And all I did is I felt like I was simply creating distance. I asked them to step further away. They chose not to. And I felt that I was just simply gently pushing them, you know, so that they were say a meter away from me, but they went flying across the room. Mm -hmm. I saw white and that scared the crap out of me. And it's one of the reasons why I stopped because I did not want I did not want to inflict any pain on anyone else. But then what happened was I totally imploded on myself. So mm-hmm. I, I allowed the pendulum to swing too far the other way. 
So has that ever happened to you? And if not, can you make sense of what I just <laughs> shared? Uh, uh, very much so. And, and, mm -hmm. and what I would, again, want to articulate about that is your reaction would have come from that already imbalanced place. Right. So, so when we are reacting, we're not registering with what is happening in the moment. We are not registering with what is the reality of this moment. Right. We are connected to our history and our past. And so it makes sense that what you thought was merely a sense of you maintaining your sense of balance ended up being a lot more because you approached it from an imbalanced place. Right. And, and when we are in fight or flight, we are often, you know, by nature, we are stronger and, and reactive and survival's right. crucial. So that's the problem with not allowing ourselves to be present is, and in the moment is that we are carrying baggage from the past. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, again, it is very important to be able to maintain one's sense of self. This is not, Taiji is a very soft in, internal art, but it is very effective. And its intention is to allow you to remain in your center, to remain at peace and, and, and strong, not to, to be a victim, not to, mm -hmm. to be... That's a fine line though, isn't it? It's a fine line, but it's a clear understanding right when when you have a sense of that you know when you the thing i love about really effective taiji is and perhaps i should clarify that there are two pronunciations of tai chi i was going to ask you about that one is tai chi and one is taiji they're they're right. both the same thing so if you're right. if you, the listeners are hearing that difference in us it's it's either way is fine so when when you're in that struggle, if if you are not responding from that centered place, then invariably it's going to be reactionary and and be greater. And really high level skill of Taiji, and there are some lovely stories about this, mm -hmm. is that just a mere moment of connection with another human being and everything can be decided. One right. one master can know that another master owns that moment, and that's all they all they need to feel. They don't need to humiliate that right. lesser master. They don't need to make an example. And and that's what I've always loved about the art is is that it's not about a power over another person. It is about your sense of personal mm -hmm. well being. Mm -hmm. So. Have I had to use it? Yes, my entire life. Have I been in physical situations? Yes, some things not not terribly drastic, but mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes my best Taiji has been knowing when it's a good time to walk away from a situation. Mm -hmm, and, definitely. And you know, if you're drawn to Taiji, you're not usually somebody who wants to beat other people up. Though there are those, I will mm -hmm. admit. Mm -hmm. um, generally, you're, you're looking at the, the bigger picture, and and so it's hard when you hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. and, and so you want to make sure that it was the necessary amount of force to to allow both people to rest into a greater a greater space, mm -hmm. and that. That is a very high skill, mm -hmm. you know, and I've... And looking back, I've, I feel that I was in a uh, very centered space in that particular event. It's just two people or, or more share that circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to do what you have to do in order to hold your space, to to maintain your... Your space. Your space, period, mm -hmm. right? And in that particular case, what's coming to my mind was a brother-in-law that was suicidal. Mm. And he basically was trying to push me into doing for him what he was not mm -hmm. willing to do for himself. So what he was doing is he was insulting my girlfriend, calling her all kinds of names, you know, that sort of thing. And I just said, look, I know what you're doing. And it's not working, okay? And leave her out of it. Your issue is with me. Let's deal with it here and now. And mm -hmm. it's pretty much exactly the way I, I said it. 
and he was just totally out of balance. And so he came toward me and I created distance. And unfortunately, it was like a year later that he ended his life. Mm. And there was a, a while when I felt like I was responsible. I mean, did I listen to him enough? Did I reach out? All of that. I mean, that's typical, right? Right, right. But anyway, coming back to the form, it's like I, I've always been afraid of my own power, mm-hmm. period. And I think that would be a pretty common thing for people, right? We all recognize our greatness, but we spend a lot of time hiding. <laughs> yes. Because we don't want the responsibility, whatever. You know, there's a myriad of reasons, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I find really fascinating and empowering about Tai Chi is that you can gently step in to your power. Right. So even if you're learning the martial side of the art, and it is a very significant mm-hmm. art in, in martial, you know, in terms of combat, um, it still predominantly is about peace. It's about centering, balance, connecting to earth. Correct? Uh, very much so. Very mm-hmm. much so. And it, yes, it is the intention, I think the intention of the art is to be able to maintain one's physical space and well-being, not to take other people's, but to really yeah. be able to maintain that. And and again, I would go back to that situation and and say that that there's a possibility, even though it was a a clear dynamic of the situation that there's always a place for us to be even to a deeper sense yeah. of self and knowledge. Just yeah. your tendency to lean back would have colored it just a little bit. Yeah. And I, I'm splitting hairs here with no, you, no, there, but I, I, I know your willingness to And explore. I can see exactly what you're talking about. I, I would have had my head cocked. I would have been mm-hmm. <laughs> leaning back and uh, it would have definitely been a combative stance that I was in. Well, and it, it's, it, it's it, it was elicited though by excessive violent communication, right? Very much so. so. And, and the I, sorry, go the, ahead. The irony with that is when you told that story, I could I could share a very similar story with with my brother and right and and family in, family. They they are your greatest challenges mm-hmm. and your greatest teachers, and and the same thing. I mm-hmm. realized he was caught in the swirl of his own struggle and wanted me to act out a part of that. And right. the best Taiji I could do was to say, I, you know, I, I wish I could help right. you, but I, I can't, in, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. I can engage in, in a really healthy way. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, it goes back that if we sat here for any length of time, I could probably come up with lots of examples of, of, mm-hmm how it has served me and and how it continues to serve me. Well, this interview has served me, and I hope it served the listeners. We have hit the top of the hour. So would you be open to doing this again sometime in the future? Sure. I didn't now, beat you up too much? No, you didn't. And now All that right. I've... Now you I've, can beat me up later, right? <laughs> yeah, see you at class in a little while. There you go. Thank you. So thank you. We've been talking to Sana, and she lives in Nelson, And yeah, I will uh, keep you guys posted as to when special events happen that she'd like to share. So enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to Shift Happens, the spoken word. Bye for now. (music) 